My name is Mike, and I'm wondering, do your rights end where the rights of others begin? And I'm Wayne, and I'm wondering, does sugar belong in spaghetti sauce? And I'm Robert, and we're going to be talking about how much information is too much information from our local media outlets. Today on Free Thinkers Podcast, Episode 6. All right, I'm going to start off today talking about a topic that's close to everyone's heart, or at least wrapped around everyone's faces. We're going to talk about masking when it comes to school policies. Okay. All right? uh, recently, uh, a group of around 15 anti-mask protesters, including um, a councilwoman, Trisha Butler, and Montgomery County Commissioner Jason Knight, attended a school board meeting where they challenged the school district's policies. Now, We'll still yet to see the outcome of, of that challenge, see if anything has changed. But I wanted to draw attention to a couple of comments that were in uh, in the feed on Clarksville Now okay. that I thought were quite interesting. I think sort of summarize um, the issue that we're dealing with. So let me pull those up. The first commenter says, just give us a choice. If you want to wear a mask or for your child to wear a mask, that's fine. It's especially ridiculous when these kids have to wear them outside at recess and most recently field day. We have less than 300 active cases in Montgomery County as of yesterday, and I would love to know how many school age children just give the choice. Which uh, commenter responded, and this is the one I think we should focus on. Sorry, you shouldn't get a choice that endangers others. You're not wearing a mask. You're not wearing a mask takes away the right of others to not become sick by your lack of scientific understanding and selfishness. Your rights are your rights until they affect others. When you want to do something that takes away the rights of others, it's no longer a right. You're wearing a mask jeopardizes the health of others, thereby taking away their rights. Since it doesn't affect only you, you don't have that right. So I want to focus on that. Are your rights your rights only until they affect others? So this is a, an argument, a little more left-leaning than we've covered some on this show, but this is saying that Individuals should not have the right to choose for themselves or for their children whether or not they should wear masks because in doing so they infringe upon the rights of others. So what do you think about that? Or do you support or are you against this commenter's idea? Wayne. Hmm. In thinking about the way they've used the terms, you know, I have a right and my right means that you don't have a right to do whatever it is that you want to do. They say, I have, for example, I have a right not to become sick. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get sick all the time, right? And we don't say, oh, my rights are being violated by this illness. All right. That's not the way we think of it, typically. Um, the libertarian ideas, you know, we are concerned with rights, and especially property rights, and especially property rights in our own bodies. And that means other people can't do things to me like stab me, kick me, punch me, force me to work for them, things like that. But the idea that my rights reach out and create responsibilities in other people, right? Uh, I have a right not to be sick, therefore you have a responsibility to take measures to make sure that I don't get sick. Uh, that jumps that jumps to, a, to another level, right? Where it's no longer about me and wanting to be left alone, right? Uh, it becomes a responsibility of other people. I think what's interesting here is the idea, they're not saying, look, this is you know my house, my business, uh, my rules. So if you come in my house, uh, I'm going to have you wear a mask. I think everybody would say, "Oh, well, it's your house, so you get to make up those rules." 
here they're faced with we've all got to send our children to the same building and because we're all sending our kids to the same building either one we've all agreed to follow some mutual rules or two because we have to do this uh, i therefore get to make you do something I could see that uh, from the commenter's perspective, right? You know, they're sending their kids in to school, and, and, and we're happy to, to have lots of rules about what the other kids have to do. The other kids, you know, have to sit down and be quiet so that my kid can hear the teacher and learn something. The other kids have to, uh, you know, not bring their phones into class as a distraction. The other kids have to wear, you know, have to wear a shirt so that we don't have to see your naked kid running around while I'm trying to do my math. You extend it a little further and say, look, your kids, because they're going to be with mine, have a responsibility not to uh, bring lice in, right? If you, if you knew your kid had lice, don't send them in to, to school. I don't want my kid getting them, too. Um, a mask. If you think masks actually stop disease and you think this disease is a significant threat to children or to you know others besides children, yeah, I can see the commenter saying, look, you want your kids and my kids to go be in the same building? Here's the rules. All right. So it looks like uh, Wayne's coming down in support of that comment. You're saying that, at least in some very specific cases, your personal rights or the rights of your children can be limited, at least for some time, in certain circumstances. Robert? Yeah. So I will. Um, you're so, okay. Okay. So you're agreeing with the comment. So I'm going to go against it. So. The rights of the individual are being violated because people aren't taking adequate approach to stop it. So, ooh, this is a tough one. I see where the comment is coming from. If you have a lot of backing in kind of what Wayne just mentioned, which is that you believe that the masks are going to create a difference between uh, a communicable disease that is invisible but I also understand that there's other ways that kids need to be able to follow rules that are we teach kids to follow the rules in a commonality because we want them to adhere to policy so that they're all the same right so it would cause some friction in a school system where you have some kids wearing masks and some kids not wearing masks the same thing if some kids came to shirt school with no shirts and some did run around naked and got people to do their math then great <laughs> i like that comment but um you know they this commenter is is reaching from a place of a very little ability for people to be, become educated she's assuming that you're uh not needing to wear mask is a is a sign of your ignorance for the um what we understand about the facts and the science regarding uh, infection and control in the pandemic. So we're not, we're not allowing the facts or the science to dictate to us how we alleviate our um, mask wearing, especially when it comes to the kids, because we're not vaccinating the kids either. Well, you, might, you might say, look, you know, on this particular issue, you know, masks have not been shown to stop the spread of COVID amongst children nor is covid dangerous to children nor are schools thought of as being 
good spreaders of coronavirus mm-hmm. to infect their own relatives. You might say, well, because those things aren't true, I'm going to treat your your statement different. But you know, just the idea that your rights create responsibilities in other people does that you know does that work? Can we you? think of a well? Why do we why, why are we why are we only concerned about this instance in coronavirus? Exactly, I was you just know? going to say. Can we think of another instance where the rights of the children that are being uh, just, limited. I mean, just let's just talk about you know another disease. I mean, nobody nobody gets offended by you know strep. Well, and here's, kids kids pass strep all the time. Um, here's where I would take it more extreme. I have a right to safety and security in my my house and property. Right? We're at war. Therefore, I'm going to draft your kid to go fight in a war to protect me and my stuff. I mean, that's the most extreme example of where my idea of my rights to security and such give me the ability to force your child to go fight and die mm-hmm. you know in the, in the terms of the draft now well, this I, isn't that extreme but that's where that idea comes from well i think i think the the problem with the commenter here is that they're not they're not adhering to the the first comment that you made showed that there was a there there is a positive response in the community that the cases are dropping it's not as in, you know it's we're doing the right things and we should alleviate those so I think the commenter that we're talking about, about you know, forcing everyone to wear masks and this, this delineation of rights upon each other is not looking at evidence. It's just, I mean, it's as bad as it has always been, and thus we will treat it. When does it end for, that com- for the commenter that we're talking about? When does it end where the masks come off and we're all at, at a level playing field where we all agree? Because it doesn't seem like there's, if we're looking at active cases dropping, then you can't stand on this platform of right vi- violation from your kid to my kid because the minute you take your mask off, then you can carry that, that standard over for anything. Like my kid got the flu and nobody in my house has the flu, you know, so now you're, I don't know what, legally liable? I mean, that would, so do you think, that would be something to think So do you about think here. that there's some sort of sliding scale about your rights? You have the right to have your rights up until there's some sort of maximum that your rights infringe upon somebody else. In this case, they can get your kid can get someone else's kid sick and it could risk their their health. So that's too high. But if the likelihood that they're going to get sick is a lot lower, then those then I th- I think the com- I, th- I think the comment also is kind of scary because it opens up a lot of legality issues. Like I mean, can I sue a parent for not taking just due process with their kid sick and my kid gets sick off of them? I mean, it's a communicable diseases out there all the time. That'll be another interesting thing about do uh, do the school system have a responsibility to restrict the rights of of kids and of their parents in order to protect the other kids? So let us know in the comments. So I've been doing some free thinking myself lately, guys, and I was in Clarksville chat and I saw a post and it said, "Please settle this debate. Does sugar go in spaghetti?" Mhm. Now I'm like, well, this is going to be a good one. What what will I find here? And I found stuff that I did not expect. <laughs> uh, commenters, as you can imagine, back and forth on the sugar and spaghetti thing. This one, though, it was one of the top comments. Uh, no sugar, but put orange soda. My Italian aunt told me that. Orange soda and spaghetti. All right. And then right below that, yes, it's a doubleheader, same as his, uh, for the comments. Uh, y- yes, I do add spice. One habanero or two, usually about a teaspoon of sugar. Habaneros 
and sugar in spaghetti sauce. First off, I don't know that I've ever had spicy spaghetti sauce. Habaneros would kick it up. You're missing out. Okay. And then, obviously, I've never made spaghetti sauce with orange soda in it either. Mm. So, um, Robert. Sure. Yeah, what do you think of these comments? These habaneros, orange soda, spaghetti sauce? Does it, <sighs> how do you feel about that? Well, I, I am admittedly a huge uh, food um TikTok follower. Right. <laughs> so I love new things where sure. people are, are aspiring to try to get like different flavor profiles into their stuff. Even if it's weird, I've been pleasantly uh, surprised by a lot okay. of those of those. So I'll agree with the commenters. Yeah. You think I, you think you could put some orange soda in spaghetti? Yeah, well I think orange show, orange soda would add a sugar content to it, sure. I mean there's tons of sugar in, in the soda. I don't know about the carbonation. It'd probably cook out over I imagine time. So. Do yeah, you, yeah. Do you, have you made your own homemade spaghetti sauce? At no, Oily? I have. I can't remember the last time I would have made my own. No, spaghetti sauce. I do. You know what's funny is, is I have a I have a neighbor who's, um, uh, uh, you know, a full blooded Italian from Long Island. Right. I'm sure she commented on this too in the, in the thread, but she uh, she would probably go crazy it's, seeing that people do this to their to it, their sauce. But it, it comes down to. I, I suppose my, my other question would be authenticity, right? If somebody were to open up, a, say, an Italian restaurant in Clarksville, and they serve spaghetti, and you found out that they put orange soda in their spaghetti sauce, mm-hmm. would that make it feel less authentically traditionally Italian to you? Um, I'm open for I'm open for the end result and justify the means. I okay, mean, whatever whatever whatever's on the plate, if it's good, and, and to go back to the habanero mm-hmm. comment. If they're adding habaneros and then they're adding sugar, then this is me just playing around with food, right? I know that if you have a lot of heat, you can reduce heat by adding sugar to it. Like sure. it's too spicy, but well, the theory in the comments seems to be that it cuts the acidity from the tomatoes. Yes, the sugar does, and, and that's normally what you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, if you if you if you have if you readily eat spaghetti sauce and tend to have heartburn or reflux from it it's because you didn't cut down that acidity it's very acidic i mean tomatoes are super acidic so i agree yeah I'm, i don't care if it's authentic italian we I, I i i'm always one of those people that say if you're following this basic principle mm-hmm. of like staying to the authentic way that you make it let's just try to make it good <laughs> michael all right so people are out there putting uh, orange soda in their spaghetti sauce. People are out there putting habaneros and sugar in their spaghetti sauce. What do you think about that? I think for everyone, it's it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. These chefs are pulling the wool over your eyes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sugar is one thing and one thing only. It is a Band-Aid for poor taste. It is uh, a Band-Aid for, for, pepper, for poor preparation. So if you're cooking up some some spaghetti and you're like i want these people to love it let me like put in the effort to make everything good cook everything correctly and you're like nah 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 nah. i gotta go watch some netflix or just get on tiktok so let okay. me just take a couple of spoonfuls of sugar dump it in there whether it tastes good or not people are going to like it and then they come back and get some more i can i can see where you're coming so, from there so are you saying that if you if you're if you have to put sugar in your spaghetti sauce it's because you haven't been doing it properly or if you put sugar in your spaghetti sauce is this because you know you don't want to put the effort in to make good spaghetti mm. and which is that's fine if that's your thing and if you just want to put like here's halfway done spaghetti and you want to put in a bunch of sugar and, and then sugar make it taste all right make it taste all right you know it's going to taste all right because we're all addicted to sugar i mean i'll probably would eat it but i'm just saying 
we go in knowing that we're pretending that you didn't put it in there because it tastes good. You're mm-hmm. pretending you didn't put it in there, but we all know we're just addicted to the sugar. It's it's gotcha. pro- it probably does have more to do with the with the taste profiles and palates of people within our community. I mean, we drink high sugar fructose tea, sodas. I sure. mean, yeah. So if if you get something that's authentically made um, that doesn't meet our Americanized palate. It's going to always taste bitter or acidic or bland. But hey, you know you got to you got to get it to what the people like. You, you got know? that magic white powder. You can just put in there and makes everything better. Uh-huh. What about habaneros in spaghetti? I've ne- I, I mean I've had red pepper flakes on spaghetti pizza. I've had mm-hmm. hot sauce on pizza, um, but I don't generally think of Italian food as being. Habanero spicy. Habanero spicy. Hey, if you want that one ingredient that everyone will remember, and they won't remember how bad your food is, <laughs> just put in a whole bunch of habanero because they can be like cover up bad spaghetti that way. I, I, it was hot. Yeah, it oh was, yeah, it was it was, it was, it was really hot. And uh, how was the spaghetti? It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> put enough in, I'm not even gonna taste spaghetti. I'm just gonna yeah. taste heat. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. And then you add that sugar in there too, man. You got both ends of the spectrum. Your spaghetti could be cardboard. People would still eat it. Hmm. Mm. A lot of flavor profiles in there. I wonder if you could, you know, I'm a big, big fan of orange soda. So I wonder if there's something about just orange soda or is it any soda, you know? Listen, I'm going to be honest. I want somebody to put an orange soda recipe in the comments because I will make it. Yeah. Okay. I will give That's it a true. shot. That's true. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to make my meatballs with orange soda now. See what they got. Okay. See what's going on with it. Carbonated meatballs. You ever see it? You ever see when they make real pasta and they just put the egg yolk in there? Just put a bunch of orange soda in the center of that well and mix all that dough together. See okay. what you get. Orange soda spaghetti. Orange soda spaghettis. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. I can't. That sounds delicious. We've pissed off the padula. <laughs> the producer makes his first comments. <laughs> no. Spaghetti triggered him. Yelling in the corner. Hey, I still want I still want those we got two uh, recipes. Okay, we give me those recipes. In the comments, yeah, please okay. comment. Tell us what's going on with your spaghetti sauce. You know. Oh, we're out of time, guys. <laughs> All right, just to come back from that last topic. Whoo, that got heated, guys. That got heated. But habanero hot. Habanero hot. Let's move on. Let's move on to kind of a. A nuanced conversation about an article um, just recently within a little bit of time the community kind of got shook a little bit from an article from the Salvation Army there was a murder mm-hmm. that happened uh, I don't want to go into too many of the details about it you look it up for yourself it's it's pretty uh, pretty sad pretty sad occurrence um, this man was murdered at the Salvation Army by his bunk mate uh, like I said, won't go into the details, but Clarksville now had actually posted some pretty kind of gory details. Not, not nothing, nothing like you'd see in a horror movie, but you know, some words from the assailant, um, his kind of mentality uh, when he committed the act against the the victim. And they posted it, you know, as would any media outlet that, you know, these are the facts. This is what it is. And within those comments, there was um, a couple that struck me. Um, Please delete this. So sad. Another comment uh, down there. Can we please take this down and not give this man any more attention than he deserves? I think we're all kind of it's kind of a a passage to um, something that was happening during 
either mass murders or school shootings where they would try not to give a lot of attention or too much attention in the media about people who committed heinous acts. Uh, and I just want to see what you guys think about that. Uh, does Clarksville now ha kind of have an ethical responsibility to not, um, you know, present facts or statements that, you know, lead to too much information about heinous acts and give too much attention to, you know, assailants? Um, Mike, what do you think? You think these things should be deleted? I think I'm going to take the easy side of this argument, Wayne. So sorry okay. about that. So here's how I see it. The news has an obligation to report events of importance to the city, but they do also have an ethical obligation to limit their reporting to that which is the most important, not that which sensationalizes the stories just for more information or more visits or more popularity or to get to use stories that are horrible in order to increase their own popularity they need to not do that so I would say in situations like this they most certainly should have wrote an article and they should have given the public the information in a slim down easy to digest way that is not gory that says this happened maybe bring in somebody that says this is how we can prevent it in the future no need to give names um, details, no need to give voice to the person who did it. That is something that individuals can look up themselves. So I don't think, especially in, in public publications where they don't have to go in uh, and sign in and get permission that, yes, I want to read the details. If it's going to be something that's easily given to the public, it should, it should definitely be limited in the amount of details that they, that they give. Okay. Wayne? The commenters seem to have this idea that the story giving these details uh, shouldn't exist, shouldn't be on their internet where they can see it. And I can only think of a few, and I can think of a few arguments for that. One is it's personal; it personally bothers them to hear about this story. Okay, well, reality bothers you then, right? I I understand that there are things out there in the world that I'd rather not even know about or think about sometimes. Mm -hmm. Problem is you can't ask a newspaper to not not report news just because it's bad news or something you don't, you know. If you don't if you don't want to see that kind of stuff, don't get on the internet. You know, don't read the newspaper because there's bad news out there. Well, I think I think there was kind of two things about it, right? Cuz the original, you know, when 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 it first happened, when the murder first happened, it was it was everywhere, right? When mm -hmm. they, they had to report out that it happened. Right. This is a more granulated topic to kind of bring back um, and the, the article and the nuances and the details about the person. And the reason for that is because there are people out there who, for whatever reason, want to know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you read, okay, okay, you can get the bare bones story. Man was murdered. I want to know why. Yeah. I want to hear the story. Why did a guy get murdered at the Salvation Army? That's something out of curiosity I would click on. Sure. In the newspaper, you know, they're going for clicks. They, they want people, they want to find out what people are interest, interested in and, and give me that article. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I would say to, to that commenter, if that's your problem with it, if you just, it, you know, you don't want to read it, okay, don't click it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Let me read it. It's interesting to me. It's entertaining to me or whatever. There's another, another thing which this sounded like, though, which is in connection with, say, mass shootings and stuff where we think somebody has done a crime for the notoriety. They want to see their name in the papers. They want to see themselves on TV. So they go out and commit some horrible crime 
with publicity being part of the goal. There I could see a good argument to say, look, you shouldn't give the the criminal what they want. You shouldn't give them the publicity what they want. You shouldn't magnify their words. Let's say they, uh, you know, one of these guys that goes out and kills a bunch of people and has some manifesto. Yeah. He wants to bring attention to. Maybe you don't publish his manifesto. Uh, sure, as you said, you know, somebody who's really curious can go find it. That seems to me like an odd distinction. So if you had somebody that committed a mass a mass murder and had a manifesto, the same people you're talking about, the literally the only thing they want to do right. is read that manifesto or at least know some details about it. And you're saying in that case we should deny deny them for their own good to not read that manif- manifesto. But in the other case, those same people who would read the manifesto, you're saying, oh, it's perfectly okay for them to write a detailed story about why the crazy guy. The, the, yeah, the, I, the reporter I, I, might think to himself... Like a, well, the reporter might think to himself, "Look, if I if I'm working for you know a, a local newspaper, and some guy you know gets a lot of publicity because he commits a crime and gets a bunch of people to read his manifesto, if I if I really push that, the next guy who's got a manifesto he wants people to read might think to himself, well, I should go shoot up a bunch of people or something.' Well, I think I think we you know <clears throat> if, if we follow Mike's argument right, then there should be an ethical grounds where they're not uh, passing you know a certain standard." is it about the platform i mean really is that where it comes into play like i mean your your cars will now primarily exist on facebook but if you wanted to get the gritty you know details of what what the guy was thinking should you have to go to 4chan should you have to go to 8chan to see more of that obvious to me that the reason for the gritty details is to drive movement towards the site and towards the story sure so if the reason for the gritty details is to make the story more popular mm-hmm. then those details are there just for profit they're not there to do anything to help the story but what you could do the story without the gritty ge- details if your motivation was not simply to drive clicks to your site but aren't they just facts i mean is isn't it just a fact this is what he said this was his reason for doing it you, t- you tell me, do you think that uh, same writer could write a fact-based story and then he could write a sens- sensationalized fact-based story because it's going to get 100% more clicks? Which one should she be ethically obligated, ethically obligated to do? To me, it seems the first one because the second one is motivated by greed and motivated by wanting to have more population to your sure. to your readership, which to me seems not the reason you should be covering stories like this sensationalization. Hmm. Wayne, any fire back on that? Oh, I think our, th- our adults, adults, they need to handle th- it all. You know, the idea that a, a media company can or, or should exist, you know, to, to publish certain facts, right. For the sensation of it in order to get people to click on their stories and make money. That's, you know, if that's the problem, if the problem is, well, this, you know, uh, newspapers shouldn't be in it to you know make content that people are interested in and make money you know, or at least not this kind of content that's a very high level conversation about you know what's the moral obligation of a newspaper writer yeah i mean we hear any. yeah we hear it all the time don't you know. make money off of this kind of story that that's inappropriate M- mainstream media typically directs a narrative for us and then we get upset about it if they go too deep into the facts we can't figure out yeah. what is true so. yellow journalism i think it used to be called sure sure okay clarksville let's hear what you got to say can we uh put a definitive line on what we need to know and if it gets too gory or if it gets too much attention to the wrong person should we get rid of them let us know in the comments appreciate it
All right, everybody. Thanks for a great show. Can't wait to put that orange soda in my spaghetti tonight. So if you want to draw us to more comments and news articles that you're seeing out there, um, please use the hashtag FTOC or FTO Clarksville so that we can draw our attention to it. Maybe your uh, comment that you lead us to will be on the show next time and we'll debate it all the way down to the ground. And if you'd like to join us here in the studio, uh, please send us a message. We're always looking for people to come in. If we featured one of your comments on here and you'd like to talk more about it, send us a message. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at Freethinkers of Clarksville. Don't forget to like, comment, and share. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Until next time. Welcome to Freethinkers of Clarksville. Today, I'm Mike, and I'm going to be discussing... Sign it over! <laughs> I'm also to my, I'm also Mike tomorrow. Yeah. Yesterday, I was someone else. Yeah. <laughs>